Good evening and welcome to this episode of The Mary Trump Show. Just me tonight, just you and me. I had a great time a few weeks ago answering your questions. So I thought we'd do it again um, because you ask really interesting questions and it uh, helps keep me on my toes. Before we dive in, though, I just want to start with an endorsement, an update, and some good news. Uh, first of all, opposable thumbs live up to the hype. Uh, take very good care of yours uh, because it makes everything harder if you can't use your opposable thumb. Uh, the good news is that President Biden is protecting the dreamers. Uh, he is, I believe, codifying uh, the DACA uh, so that Republicans can't turn around and you know create some kind of law that would... Uh, result in our kicking out these kids and young adults who were came here when they were toddlers. I mean, this is uh, essentially the only home they've ever known. They're very productive citizens. Uh, you know, they work hard They uh, at their jobs. They work hard at school. So that's awesome news. And uh, just an update, uh, the FBI still has not raided my house. I, I thought you would all like to know that. Uh, okay, let's get started. From Isaac, does Biden need, need to be out on the campaign trail more? There are a lot of successes that he could highlight. I have a feeling that he will be in the fall. I, I mean, yes, he does need to be out on the campaign trail more, but it's August. And, and uh, two things about that. One, it's sort of typically a very slow um, month. For news. The only reason it hasn't been is because on the one hand, Biden and the Democrats have been accomplishing so much. So I'd rather have him in DC, like getting these extraordinary bills passed. And it, you know, uh, it's not a slow news cycle in part also because uh, Donald committed espionage and that's a big story. But I sincerely hope that Biden and Vice President Harris, who really, really, really needs to be utilized more by this administration and supported more by Democrats everywhere, get out on the campaign trail because, as I'm sure you're sick of hearing me say, the 2022 midterms are the most important elections of our lifetime. Uh, from Anna, why is the media still so fixated on Donald? What will it take to focus on the president, Biden, and the many great candidates out there who will lead us to a brighter future? Well, uh, clicks. <laughs> I mean, that is the depressing short answer. I have been trying to understand this for a long time. I, I don't think Donald has any appeal whatsoever. Zero. Um, but for reasons that are beyond my comprehension, he gets people to watch. He gets people to listen. He gets people to buy newspapers. Uh, you know, that's been the case since the 80s. So I think it's partially because he is a creature of the media uh, and a creation of the media. What seems to be happening now, though, and I think it's a very good sign, is that they're covering the substance, not the spectacle. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of spectacle out there, but they—that that is not, uh, the substance is not suffering um, 
because of the spectacle. It's sort of part of the same story, right? Uh, <laughs> we have this guy who was in the Oval Office for four years who could who ac had access to every single classified document uh, in the government. Uh, he could see the most sensitive top secret documents and he stole a bunch of them, didn't secure them properly, and very likely, I mean, I think this is definitely true, committed espionage uh, and potentially treason. But, you know, we need to know what these documents are specifically and we need to find out what he did with them while remembering there is absolutely no way he pulled off this heist by himself. He wouldn't know what the fuck to steal. And he wouldn't know what to do with it. So I seriously hope that uh, the media continue to follow this with the seriousness it deserves. And at the same time, because we can chew gum and walk, right? Uh, cover all of the extraordinary things Biden's doing and the Democrats are doing. They're making people's lives better. And we do have extremely good, strong candidates. I just look at our slate of senatorial candidates versus the Republicans, and it's, I think the best way to, to, to put it is that the Republicans not just tell us who they are by whom they've chosen, you know, Herschel Walker, um, J.D. Vance, Doug Mastriano, I mean, he's running for governor, um, Mehmet Oz, they also show us how much contempt they have for voters, that these are candidates that they are willing to risk putting in the United States Senate. Uh, so, um, and part of that too is, is our showing up and speaking out. From Carla, what do you think of the student loan forgiveness? Good move and was it enough? I think it is phenomenal news. Um, anybody who's angry about it either is somebody who never had to pay, uh, sorry, never had to take out a student loan, in which case they can go fuck themselves, or uh, they are the most craven, selfish people on the planet, people who did have to pay back their loans and now don't want anybody else to have their loans forgiven. I mean, it's... <laughs> Once again, it's completely along political, along the political divide. Uh, I also think that it is not enough. I think the loan should be forgiven entirely. Uh, I think that um, student loans should not have any interest. Uh, actually, I think college should be free, but that'll take a much, much, much longer time. But even though uh, the loans, I mean, the Forgiveness is capped at either ten thousand or twenty thousand, depending on whether or not you got a Pell Grant. Uh, the Biden administration is making steps to uh, cap the interest, so these are no longer predatory loans. And I think he's he's um, increased the extension, so it's an amazing move. Um, any Republican who says that Biden's doing this to uh, buy votes. <laughs> um, I'm not interested in hearing what they have to say about that. Uh, you know, they've been buying votes in other ways 
without making people's lives better for a very, very long time. And also a party that has done nothing but cut taxes for insanely rich people for decades now doesn't doesn't really have a say as far as I'm concerned. Uh, okay, so this is from Joyce in Birmingham. Who worries you more? Ron. I'm assuming that's Ron DeSantis, Don, Donald Trump, or the unknown. Uh, Ron DeSantis, hands down. First of all, and I, I think I would have said the same thing even before uh, Donald's disastrous two or three weeks, because it seems pretty clear to me that the party has been looking for ways to distance itself. And don't get me wrong, they haven't. They will embrace him if necessary. Uh, you, you know, we 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 know from their response to the FBI's searching Mar-a-Lago with legally executed search warrants that they're not going to stick up for the rule of law. They're going to stick up for Donald. However, um, I think a lot of people are sick of him. And um, he will be he will go into the Republican primary as a damaged candidate. Um, it remains to be seen if, if anybody else would be allowed to run against him in a primary, but let's pretend for the sake of argument, either Donald doesn't run because he's in prison or, uh, other Republicans are allowed uh, to primary him. Ron DeSantis is an ideologue. Ron DeSantis is just as much a wannabe authoritarian as Donald is. But the difference is DeSantis is, is making it happen. Florida is a nightmare. They're banning books. They're banning the teaching of American history. They're banning teachers' ability to speak about Black American heroes, anything having to do with the LGBTQ population, uh, it is just horrific what's happening down there. And um, if if DeSantis ever got his hands on the White House, uh, things would go south really, really quickly, especially if he had uh, the Republicans had the House and or the Senate. So uh, he's somebody to look out for. The only silver lining there is the guy has no personality and in a move that is it's actually quite amusing um he decided to do his best um what's this guy's name a uh, michael dukakis imitation uh the democrat who who ran against ronald reagan in the early 80s and essentially torpedoed his entire campaign because he did a he thought it was a good idea to do a photo shoot in a, like a, a mini tank and, you know, he's wearing a helmet with the, the microphone and he just looked deeply stupid. And Ron DeSantis, I don't know if you've had the great misfortune of seeing this, but he just did a commercial in which uh, he <laughs> um, pretended that he was one of the guys in Top Gun and he called himself Top Gov because that's clever. And he just looked like an idiot. So uh, we always have to worry, though, about how the system is gamed. So, you know what? Let's just make sure that Republicans never win again. That's all. Just vote like your life depends on it, because it does. Uh, okay, so from Eugene in the middle of New York, are we doing enough 
to help Ukraine? Isn't the fight for democracy a global battle? Uh, the honest answer to that question is I don't know. Part of the reason I don't know is because, once again, we're going through this cycle of news that is almost impossible to keep up with. Uh, secondly, this is America. Americans seem not to give a shit about what goes on in the rest of the world, even if it is something as important as what's happening in Ukraine. And the media follows suit. I, I think if if you if we watched Al Jazeera or BBC, we would be much, much, much better informed, not only about what this country is doing, but also about what NATO is doing and the state of things on the ground in Ukraine, um, what's happening with Russia. Uh, so I'm not sure how we change that. Of course, it always comes down to self-interest. If we could help people understand why this should matter to them, uh, because Ukraine is a domino. Ukraine falls, and that that is a blow to a uh, liberal Western democracy. So we should see it in those terms. I think we did initially, and you know we moved on, and uh, we see that happen a lot with all sorts of things. But in this case, it's it's pretty inexcusable. So I apologize that I don't know the answer to that question. I hope we are. Um, I wish we had done more sooner. But I think we need to remember that Joe Biden was tasked with putting the Western alliance back together because Donald, just like he does with practically everything else, smashed it almost a bit. So that explains a lot, too. Um from Dina, how much more can we expect from the January 6th committee, especially after the seizure at Mar-a-Lago? Isn't it time to get back on the air? Yes, it is. But I, nothing's going to happen until after Labor Day. And I'm okay with that because I trust them. I trust this committee implicitly. They have not put a foot wrong. Um, and even though uh, it's hard to say, whether or not what's happening uh, with Donald's stealing of classified materials is related, directly related to the insurrection, I personally think in some ways it, it is, um, they have a lot of, to sift through. And as we've learned, production values are very important. Imagine having to edit all of that material. It's quite an extraordinary undertaking. So I'm happy to wait. I know they're coming back, um, hopefully again in September. I'm also really, really looking forward to Liz Cheney Unchained. She got trounced in her primary in Utah, not Utah, Wyoming. I, I think she got lost by like 40 percentage points. And that is Cheney territory. Okay. And she lost for one reason and one reason alone. She told the truth once. She had a problem with Donald's trying to destroy our democracy. She voted with the guy 93% of the time. She voted for him in 2016 and 2020. She is a hardcore Republican. Uh, so the reason I think 
her role is going to be something to watch is because she's made it very clear that uh, the attacks on democracy were worth her losing her political career, at least in the short term. She's also made it clear that because of that, she's going to go after any Republican who is still serving in Congress um, who committed sedition. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, you better watch out because Liz Cheney, who has no fucks left to give, is gunning for you. Um, from Jen in Massachusetts, Oz versus Fetterman, what's my hot take? My hot take is that Mehmet Oz is a hot mess <laughs> and uh, Fetter it shouldn't even be a question. I mean, luckily, it doesn't seem that it's even close. Uh, the last poll I looked at is, um, I think, had Fetterman up almost 10 points. And he needs to close strong, of course. We shouldn't take anything for granted. I mean, look what's happening in Georgia. The the fact that they're, they're essentially tied, uh, Herschel Walker... And Raphael Warnock is uh, absolutely insane to me. But uh, Pennsylvania is a slightly slightly different place, and I think uh, Fetterman is likely to win. Oz just cannot help but prove time after time that, one, he is a New Jersey native who knows nothing about Pennsylvania, and two, that he's a really, really out-of-touch, really, really, really rich guy. So um, I think he needs to give up politics and stop going to grocery stores that are, as it turns out, fictional um, and just, you know, pick one of his 10 houses to chill out in and enjoy some crudite with his wife. That's, that's my hot take. Okay, from Claude, is there hope of a unity government combining Democrats with the never-Trumpers. Does the forward party have a role? After all, Bill Clinton might have won thanks to Ross Perot. I want to be really clear about the forward party. Fuck them. Fuck those guys. Seriously, what they are doing is potentially incredibly destructive. I think it's going to fail, but, you know, <laughs> Biden won. If you If you look at the Electoral College, and the three states he won by very thin margins. I think it was like a total of 44,000 votes. It doesn't matter that he won the popular vote by almost 8 million. So the forward party uh, can really screw things up for Democrats, just as Jill Stein did just in uh, 2016, just as Ralph Nader did in 2000. Uh, it is literally uh, because of those two people that we didn't have President Gore and President Hillary Rodham Clinton. Uh, so the other thing about the forward party is that uh, they have absolutely no policy positions. They're trying to play both sides. But <laughs> the reason they can't do that is because vast majorities of Americans favor democratic policies and they would have to say that, which they're not willing to do. And secondly, the Republican Party has no policies at all. And just look at who's at the head of this thing. Andrew Yang is, is a rich guy who has absolutely nothing else to offer. And David Jolly 
is as much of a Republican as Liz Cheney. He just hates Donald and he's pissed off that Republicans are out of power and he wants power back. And seriously, if, if Republicans ever did gain power and Donald was out of the picture, David Jolly would be right there. So I think we need to make a distinction at this point between so-called never Trumpers and, um, never Republicans. So there are Republicans who are just waiting for Donald to leave the scene and they think that we'll go back to business as usual. If you look at people who call themselves never Trumpers, but who say explicitly that they believe that something needs to be done about this illegitimate Supreme Court and that they believe Democrats need to be in power and they're going to do anything they can to make that happen. That's a serious person. So I, you know, I don't know about a unity government. Um, the Democrats won. We don't need to uh, compromise with anybody. Republicans never do. So if they want to be on board with us, that's very cool. And uh, we'll we'll take the support. But, you know, other than that, um, I think uh, a lot of these people are, res are, are also responsible for what happened to the Republican Party. I'm really glad that they are owning up to it and trying to make it right. But... I don't think they deserve uh, power necessarily. Okay, so do I think Donald will run? If he does, do you think he'll do so to try to avoid his legal troubles or do you feel he would like to be president? Well, okay, that's actually, uh, the answer is um, yes to the first question. And it's, you know, leg avoiding legal, legal trouble and being in the Oval Office are the same thing. So that's the reason he'll run. Um, as we learned, uh, much to the country's horror, he has no interest in governing. He has no ability to govern. Uh, he's a disaster. However, he believes that the only way for him to be protected from all of his uh, legal troubles both civil and criminal, is to be back in the White House. And we're learning that, you know, being in the Oval Office will get you off the hook for just about anything, especially if you have a corrupt attorney general, uh, which, of course, Donald will have. <laughs> so um, I hope that things get so bad that that we don't have to, to worry about that. And uh, it's still early days, but I do think that this increases the urgency of his deciding to pretend to run if he's pretending or actually running. Um, okay. Weed legal. This is from honey. Weed legalization has helped the cause of equality and removed a big method law enforcement used to target, used to target minorities. Should other drugs be next? Uh, okay. First of all, just not that this really matters, but, uh, or maybe it does because it, it, maybe uh, strengthens my position on this issue. I hate pot. I hate all drugs. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Uh, all of them should be legal. They should be legal, they should be regulated, and they should be taxed. Nobody should be going to prison for possession of drugs or using drugs unless you're a drug dealer because they're evil. So, yeah. <laughs> I also believe that prostitution should be legal 
regul and regulated uh, because it's it's safer for everybody. And, you know, criminalizing kind of natural human behavior doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, and also I think we need to, uh, well, not we, I wish that Biden or some president in the not too distant future will um, pardon anybody who is still in prison for drug-related offenses. Again, assuming that it's for possession or use and they're not drug dealers. Uh, the, uh, from Josh, the media is consolidated and largely owned by a few of the mega wealthy. Should there be more examination of those in charge of these companies? Yes, absolutely. There should also, um, they should also be broken up. I mean, we need to bring back, um, the fairness doctrine. We need to do whatever we can to support local news. Uh, it is quite terrifying what happens when a handful of really rich, rich white guys essentially control the news cycle. Uh, I believe it's Sinclair Media, which kind of snapped up a lot of local news stations and local newspapers and anchors, if they want to keep their jobs, are forced to read from a script that... Uh, is read in every other local um, Sinclair local newsroom. So it, it's dangerous. It's really dangerous. And of course, we need to figure out a way to regulate uh, the internet because the levels of misinformation and disinformation we're dealing with are really mind-boggling. And it isn't surprising that it's spun out of control and that um, people are uh, falling for it. You know, I, I always think we need to put it in context. Uh, a year or so ago, somebody asked me, you know, if I'm angry at people who won't wear masks, won't get vaccinated. And I mean, I am because I'm a human being. <laughs> but if I step back for a second, think about why they aren't they weren't wearing masks or getting vaccinated. And many people still aren't uh, getting vaccinated. and they're still dying, uh, 400, 500 a day. It's because people, they put their trust in, and that's what you do. When you vote for somebody, you're putting your trust in them. When, when those people lie to you, your uh, local politicians, assuming they're, you're Republican and they're Republicans, at the local level, at the state level, Congress people, senators, governors, and then Donald, they're all lying to you. Can we blame people for following their instructions um, and, and kind of being made to feel patriotic in the process because let's face it, they're, they're siloed. Everybody's kind of siloed, but nothing else is getting through. If they're watching Fox News and Newsmax, nothing else is getting, or, and Donald, nothing else is getting through to these people. So um, it's, it's kind of uh, the same thing with people who are, acting out in other ways uh, in terms of, um, you know, their response to uh, Donald's being in trouble for espionage. You know, they're, they're not, either Fox isn't covering it or um, they're just not, they're, they're getting fed a line. So, yeah, we have a serious problem with the media in this country. 
uh, from Ellen. It looks like we're going to have a race between Charlie Crest and, <laughs> and uh, Satanist Santos. Yeah, Satan. I think, yes, Ron DeSantis are Hades, is how I referred him. In Florida, isn't this the best metaphor for how the parties manifest themselves in the country? Will we win there? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I've heard uh, Charlie Chris referred to as a retread. <laughs> uh, he was a Republican. He was governor. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the House. Anyway, he switched to the Democratic Party and he um, became a Congress member. I don't know much about him beyond that or his opponent, Nikki Freed, I think her name is. Um, all I know is that she uh, at one point was really irresponsible about COVID and that really turned me off. But she has won statewide election. So has Chris. I, I think the advantage he has in Florida is that he understands how Republicans operate. And, you know, he's a white guy, which unfortunately... Seems to be a thing uh, in a lot of places in this country. So I, I don't know if we have a shot. I think um, the one of the many, many, many problems with DeSantis is that he won by a very small number of votes and he has he governed like he won in a landslide, like he has the mandate of all of the people. So I think he's got a pretty tight grip on things. But um, I think also people are very angry primarily about the Supreme Court, but also about the lawlessness on the right. So it, I think it's going to be a nail-biter, at least I hope so. And getting rid of DeSantis would just be a phenomenal thing because he's he's the worst. He's evil. Uh, from Cindy, was the dark-branded meme a winner? What happened to it? It seemed like it had great potential. It was awesome. It still is awesome. I don't know. I think, you know, the I think they should bring it back when something else amazing happens. I think what Don, uh, what uh, Biden is doing with DACA deserves the dark Brandon meme, right? You know, we should all be dark Brandon. From Mary, why is no one talking about the political future of Kamala Harris? Isn't she Biden's natural successor? I don't know. And it's infuriating, quite honestly. Um, I mean, I do know. It's it's racism and it's misogyny. But that do that doesn't... That's not enough of an explanation. It doesn't explain why the Democrats aren't doing a better job. It doesn't explain why the uh, Biden administration isn't using her better. Um, so, you know, maybe that's gonna, going to shift after the midterms. Um, they re you know, it really does need to shift for her because uh, she's a phenomenal um, person. Well, I mean, I don't know her personally, but, you know, she seems to be on the right side of everything. She has um, great experience. Problem is, she's not a great campaigner, but, uh, you know, there's time. And running as vice president is much different from running as a senator. So let's see. Um, okay. Hmm. From... From Pete, Finland's prime minister gets a lot of heat for having fun, but she's doing good things. Do we need more normal people in politics? Well, I think pol uh, politicians are by definition not normal. Um, anybody who 
runs for office has to have some degree of narcissism. I mean, maybe not it, it, you know, lower levels of government, but hopefully that's always counterbalanced and exceeded by uh, somebody's desire to um, do good and to be a civil servant. But if you become the leader of an entire country, I don't care how small it is, uh, you know, you've got a healthy ego. Let's put it that way. So um, I'm, ask, I'm answering your second question first. I don't want politicians to be normal anyway. I think our politicians need to be smarter than we are. They meet, need to be more dedicated than we are to democracy. They need to have significant experience as civil servants. Uh, they, they need to know more about government. They need to be experts in government, right? They need to be experts in American history. They need to be experts well, maybe not experts in everything, but, you know, if they're not experts, say, in foreign policy, they need to surround themselves with people who are. Um, but uh, that's one thing. In terms of what's happened to the Prime Minister of Finland, I mean, that's just straight-up misogyny. She was at a party. She was. Ha- it was a private party. She was not... Um, she was not, I don't know what they call their version of the White House. You know, it wasn't a government-sanctioned thing. She was partying with some friends, uh, and she's pretty young. And uh, I think even even leaders of countries deserve their privacy. So I think the whole thing is absolute nonsense. And if she'd been a, a man, we'd never, ever, ever would have heard, heard about it at all. Um, let's see. From Nancy, how do I talk to family members who are still sympathetic to Donald? What is the best way to break through? Uh, Again, I'm going to start with the second question first. There is no way to break through. I'm sorry to say that, um, but anybody who voted for Donald twice and still supports him is not going to get the message. It's just not going to happen. So um, I think it depends on how how big a part of your life they are. you know, some people have the luxury of cutting ties and that ends up to be the healthier decision. I mean, I'm not advocating that. Uh, you know, it's hard to give up on people. But I think it also depends on, Can you? T- are there other things that you can talk about? Or can you set ground rules? Um, because if it's constantly fighting about politics, that's just no fun. <laughs> so uh, hopefully this is a fever that will break eventually. Uh, okay. From Jim, should Liz Cheney run in 2024? Even if she doesn't, is that the year? Oh, sorry. That moved. Is that the year the Republican party will finally fracture? Well, I want the Republican party to fracture now. (laughs) Uh, we've seen signs, good signs that, uh, Democrats will beat expectation in November, uh, there was a House race in upstate New York, which is very Republican. It's a very red place. And the district, I think, was plus three Republican. And uh, the Democrat won, not by a lot, you know, but over two percentage points, which far exceeded expectation. Like He wasn't even expected to win at all. And I think that's the first uh, concrete indication we have that um, what the Supreme Court 
with did with the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade is really playing well for Democrats and horribly for Republicans. In fact, the, that was his main um, platform. And the Republican, uh, you know, didn't wholeheartedly support what the Supreme Court did, but he kind of just said nothing about it. So uh, that was great. Um, as to whether or not she runs, I I want her to, um, but she needs to run as a Republican in and primary Donald. Like, that's the only way. She has no chance of winning no matter what she does. She runs as an independent. She takes votes away from people who are kind of in the middle or uh, Democrats. She runs as a Republican. She'll still lose, but she may well save democracy in the process. Uh, because, as I mentioned earlier, she has no fucks left to give, and she's not going to pull her punches. Her entire mission right now is to save democracy. So, you know, uh, I would I would love to see her do that. Um, from Rick, should the media be sharing Donald's post from Truth Social? I thought he was kicked off the media and social platforms for a reason. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, Unless he's saying something that we need to know about because it's dangerous. But his ranting and raving, no, nobody nobody needs to hear this nonsense. Uh, I, I guess in part, it's, it's kind of nice to see how unhinged he is. Um, but just as an aside, I don't know if, if this bothers you. I know it bothers a lot of people that he randomly capitalizes things, but uh, I have a theory about that. It's not really groundbreaking, but it's it maybe helps explain why he capitalizes uh, nouns randomly. Uh, my grandfather grew up speaking German. Both of his parents were from Germany. Uh, he was born here, uh, but you know they spoke German. And in German... All nouns, not just proper nouns, are capitalized. So maybe it's a habit he picked up from my grandfather. Who knows? But it just kind of adds to the insanity and the the uh, absolute um, panic <laughs> that we see um, just pouring out of some of these posts. But yeah, I... Th it drives me crazy when people share him on Twitter. It's like, hey, guys, he's not on Twitter anymore. Please, uh, you know, keep him off Twitter. And you're, we're not keeping him off Twitter if people are reposting his truths, which is hysterical that his posts are called truths. Um, let's see. From Barbara, if Donald was black, do you think he'd be in jail already? Will we ever reach true equality under the law? I, uh, yes, I mean he would. He would not. He wouldn't be president because uh, you know I don't. I don't think um, Republicans are capable of nominating a black person. Um, and <laughs> black people are put in jail on suspicion of crimes that they end up not having committed. Uh, so, yes, he he would have been in jail uh, in the 70s. <laughs> and we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it does, it does totally uh, underscores the inequality, uh, the fact that there are two systems of justice for white people, one for white people, one for black people, one for rich people, one for poor people. Uh, so... 
it's definitely something that uh, should shine a glaring light on a problem that we too often lose sight of. Uh, so I think if we can if we can discuss it in those terms, and I think we're starting to. Uh, I think the more we find out about the egregiousness of what's happened, the more frustrated people are that Donald still roams free and that his lawyers haven't been disbarred and that, um, you know, so far it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's any accountability whatsoever. So, it's frustrating. On the other hand, just remember this, you know, when you get impatient, remember this. Um, Merrick Garland understands this probably better than anybody else on the planet. Uh, he needs to get this right. He need he not 99% right. He needs to get it a hundred percent right. Um, we can't worry right now about whether he gets convicted or whether not Merrick Garland, Donald. We can't worry about whether Donald gets convicted or whether he goes to prison. Right now, we just need to worry about his getting indicted, which I believe he will. Has to happen soon. Um, but this is, not only is it, I hate this friggin' word, Donald has ruined it for me, unprecedented, which, it, I mean, you could say that about pretty much anything he's done in the last six years. Um, but it's really serious stuff, you know? Uh, so he's dealing with kind of this historical uniqueness of this situation. And uh, the fact that the tr charges are potentially the most serious charges there can be, you know, espionage, sedition, possibly treason, depending on whether he sold documents and depending on whom he sold them to. I, it is, it's terrifying to comp contemplate and it is a reminder of just how bad things were and how misguided so many people have been in just refusing to believe that there was no bottom. I mean, and it, not just for Donald, but for the entire Republican Party. Uh, so people talk a lot about healing right um and i say you know we've all been traumatized and we we're still being traumatized you cannot heal while you're still being traumatized but accountability will go a long way towards making that possible it might also snap some people out of the spell they seem to be under uh you know if donald gets indicted and we know not just why, but precisely why. We know what's in the documents. Then it's going to be very difficult, even for this Republican Party, to lie their way out of it. Uh, you know, they've been trying, but again, they they haven't been uh, working with facts because we don't have all of them. We don't even have most of them. So uh, here's hoping <laughs> that. Uh, we get there. Um, I think it's what America needs. It's what 
individuals need um, to see that maybe there is a possibility that our justice system can be fixed because it it is broken uh, and it isn't fair. So who knows? May, maybe this will will open the floodgates to that kind of reform um, because we really, really need it. And it would be so refreshing to have Donald uh, off the stage as long, and remember this, this is incredibly important, as long as every single person who is complicit as well, who enabled him, who broke the law for him or with him, as long as all of those people are also held accountable, and yes, I'm looking at you, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, uh, what's her name? Marsha Blackburn, all of you, and the 140 House members as well. So uh, we have our work cut out for us. But for the first time in a long time, I'm actually feeling kind of hopeful about that. Um, so it's going to be a fascinating couple of months. We have 76, 75 days, I believe, until the midterms. Uh, so a lot's going to be happening, especially when the January 6th committee kick, kicks up again. A, lot of, a lot's going to be coming from the DOJ. And uh, hey, we've got some elections to put on here. So stay tuned. It is going to get wild. And as soon as the January 6th committee hearings happen, we will do our thing. We're going to get all of the nerds back. We're going to get special guests uh, to do... Um, Pre, pre-commentary, you know, we're going to pre-game, uh, live commentary as possible. Uh, we're going to regroup in when they take their 10-minute break. And at the end, we'll recap everything, discuss everything. Um, I think it's it will be fascinating and hopefully um, helpful. <laughs> uh, so... Keep coming back. I I love hearing from you. I love ha- get, having a chance to answer your questions. And I just appreciate your sticking with me. Um, tell other people about the show. It's growing and we really want to get it out there. Um, we want we want to share uh, our voices with other people. You know, the Nerd Avengers totally rock and they all deserve uh, wide audiences. Uh, so... That is it for tonight. Thank you so, so much for being here with me. Um, We will be back Tuesday. It is going to be an all-male panel this time, talking about the Dobbs decision and why it matters to men. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have uh, the guy nerds and a couple of special guests. That's 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. And uh, obviously, uh, our regular Thursday show, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Also, youtube.com slash Politicon. And while you're on uh, Politicon's YouTube page, please subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. It just, you know, helps more people be able to see it. Uh, Like the episode. Ring the bell because that way you will be sure 
to uh, be notified anytime a new video drops. And as I've been telling you, I'm I'm recording shorter videos in between to kind of stay on top of the insanity that is uh, the news cycle lately. Uh, and of course, you can listen to this in podcast form at, at on Apple or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And please do give us a five-star review because it really, really helps um, other people find the show. And that's important, uh, especially now. It's crunch time, guys. So uh, thank you again for being here. Love having you. Love your comments. I will see you Tuesday. Have a great weekend. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.